You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hello, hello, hello. I am back from the dead, basically. <laughs> I um, have been a little bit MIA with my podcast release schedule. Um, I typically release them every week on Mondays. I don't know if anyone has ever noticed or cared, but um, if you did notice, I haven't released anything in the past couple of weeks. And I also have not released any newsletters because I was out of the country for 14 days. I went to France with my mom and my aunt to visit some family and to sightsee. Um, I basically was invited on this trip super last minute. I went on a vacation with my boyfriend Christian uh, about three weeks ago. We went to Atlanta and Chattanooga for a week, and while I was on that trip, my mom pretty much called me and said that my aunt, or my great aunt, her, it's my mom's mom, my grandma, her sister-in-law, wasn't doing so well. She had been battling with breast cancer for a while now, and that my mom and my aunt wanted to go visit her and the rest of the family this summer, and that they wanted me to come with them, and I told them Heck no, I have zero dollars right now. I'm already on another trip. I don't have time. I have stuff planned. I have a dog now. I can't just like leave for two weeks. Um, And then we just decided to make it happen. So we went to France um, for two weeks. And actually the day that we got to France, my great aunt actually passed away. So it was, I don't want to say good timing because it's not a good thing, but it was nice that we were there with the family because I was able to attend the funeral And we were able to stay with the family uh, for a couple of days during all that. So my mom has always grown up being half French. So her mom is my grandmère. And my grandmère is um, pretty heavily integrated in a lot of my photography series that I did in college and such. Um, My grandmère currently is suffering um, from dementia. So she has had a lot of inspiration on my photography work. And series. So my whole remainder reminder art series, I just had an art show at the gallery at Manship Theater recently. All the um, vintage Polaroid tra- uh, image transfers and emulsion lifts I was doing, that was from her archive of images from France and America in like the 60s and 70s. So my mom's mom was French and my mom's dad is American and he met her when he was over stationed in France in the Air Force and then they got married and came back. And so we still have some family in France because she was from there. So what we went to go do was visit her brother, which is my great uncle, Danielle. It's spelled like Daniel, but in French it's pronounced Danielle. He lives out in the middle of nowhere in France, about two hours south-ish of Paris near a medium-sized town called Poitiers. And they live out in the middle of nowhere. It's, I wouldn't even say it's a town. It's very much just like a couple of houses in the country Um, about 10 minutes away from a neighboring village that's also small, but that village has, like, a market, like a fresh market, not like the store fresh market, but, like, an actual open-air fresh market that happens every week, and they have a, um, you know, a bread store and such. And for the record, I'm going to mispronounce so much of this because I took French in high school, and I grew up kind of around, you know, French-speaking people like my aunt and my mom and my grandmother, but... I don't know French very well. I took it also in college for about a year, and I can understand quite a bit of it, but I really can't say much back. And so I also, I have no accent. Like, my French accent's terrible. I'm just like an ignorant American trying to pronounce these things. So forgive me if you actually know French and I'm talking about things that sound stupid. 
But so we flew out of Houston because that's where my aunt lives. And my mom and my aunt have been going on this French trip, you know, since they were kids because they would go with their mom to go visit family growing up in the summertime. And uh, they also have gone the past, like, couple of years in a row to go visit my great aunt who hasn't been doing well. So they've already kind of been doing this over and over again. My aunt's pretty fluent in French. My mom is, like, semi-fluent. They both can get around. They know where they're going. They've done a lot. So I truly just tagged along. I was a last-minute addition. I showed up to the airport with, like, two American dollars in my wallet and was like, all right, let's go. So it was, um, like I said, a last-minute trip for me. But I had gone when I was a baby to France to visit, and then I've also been in 2013. In between my junior and senior years of college, the summer of 2013, I did a month-long study abroad program in Rome for photography and art history. So I spent four weeks in Rome and then met my family at the end of that trip in Paris to drive to my family's house. So we spent like another week in France. And so that was six years ago. And that trip to France, I was pretty much over it. I had been in Europe for four weeks and I am learning now that as exciting as it is to travel abroad, like I don't think Europe is my favorite place. I haven't really been to many other places to compare it to. I've also, I've been to London and, you know, parts of Mexico, but it's hard for me to spend a long time like that somewhere else because I get easily frustrated (laughs) with little things. And so a lot of the cultural differences kind of um, make it hard for me to stay for prolonged periods of time. So my last trip to France, I was already in a terrible mood. I had already been in Europe for a month. And um, so this time I was kind of, you know, have a redeeming quality, hopefully to stay a little bit longer in one place. And um, yeah, it was a great trip. I mean, minus the funeral part and all that, it was still interesting to attend a French funeral. It was an all day process. They do things a little bit differently there. I don't really want to go into details about that because it's, you know, kind of a weird conversation, but Um, It was interesting, and being, like, the one person there who really doesn't speak French, I mean, everyone wanted to talk to me or meet me or whatever because I was, like, you know, it's a small town, and everyone knew that we were, like, the American family members, and um, it's interesting because I really couldn't say much back. I can say, like, the basics, and I do a lot of smiling and head nodding and thumbs (laughs) upping to get by. So at that house in the countryside, my great-uncle, Danielle, we call him Tonton. It's... um, what everyone has called him and he has like a garden and like you know he grows his own everything and he has his own chickens and pigeons he raises for you know eating and he hunts and he's got like hunting dogs and he has like vineyard properties and so he you know is very active outside he's very old but he's very active outside getting all the vegetables and you know cultivating his garden raising the animals whatever meals in France are like a production there's no such thing as just like quickly grabbing something, especially when you're out in the country and you're with family and you're visiting. Every meal is like a two to three hour process. And um, that is frustrating for me as well because I'm just a very fast paced person. I'm not good at doing anything leisurely. I don't know how to relax. And so the meals were frustrating for me also because I don't typically really enjoy French cuisine. Um, I got a lot of triggered dms from people on this trip when i mentioned i didn't like the cheese i just want to say i've grown up around all this stuff like it's not like i've never tried things before i'm just not interested and that might offend some people that i'm not taking advantage of the cuisine when i'm traveling but i do try things i don't want you to think i'm like you know being picky and like wanting mcdonald's the whole time or anything because that's not my personality but i typically like spicier 
types of food. I'm more of like a Latin American, like Indian, um, Middle Eastern type of girl when it comes to food. And so French cuisine is not my favorite. And when you're, you know, out in the country with your family, a lot of things kind of get pushed on you. And so I did my best to, you know, be polite and eat everything that I could. I ate a lot of jambon blanc, just, you know, like deli ham type stuff, a lot of fresh tomatoes with salt and pepper, a lot of fruits. The strawberries there are out of this world. The apricots are great because they're all grown either in his backyard or in the, you know, community nearby. Um, I'm also really not into wine, so that's hard because France is really not known for their beers. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that because every time we went to a restaurant, the menus would literally have, like, no beer or, like, one option and be Heineken or, like, three options. Um, And, you know, I bought beer at the local supermarket and brought it to you know Tonton's house and would drink it too but they're very much into their wine in France so wine and cheese and pate and I don't really like any of those things so those are like the three main pillars of like French food um but I ate so much bread they go get fresh bread like baguettes from the market you know in the neighboring town every day um we have croissants or croissant um pendu chocolat that's just, I just said that wrong, right? Pond du chocolat. I can't even say it. Basically, chocolate bread. It's like a croissant with, like, chocolate inside. I hate that, like, every waking moment of my life. Cookies and cakes and pastries. Like, I was, I mean, I'm not sure how much weight I gained, but my thighs are looking a little rough. So, basically, I ate bread on bread on bread on bread. Um, I had this similar problem when I went to Italy for that study abroad trip. I would say that since that trip, I've grown to like Italian food more. But at the time, I was really not into Italian food. I've never grown up liking pizza. I don't like red sauce. I didn't even like tomatoes until like recently. Um, And so a month in Rome was torture for me because they truly only eat pasta. Like that's not an exaggeration or a stereotype. Like that's just what they eat for every meal all the time. And it got really old really fast. So in Rome, I actually lost weight because we walked everywhere and I ate so many vegetables and fruits. Um, I did eat a lot of Nutella and gelato that trip. But so this time around, you know, in France, they eat so much bread in France. It's unreal. I don't know how everyone's as skinny as they are because I don't I, – I ate more bread in the past two weeks than I think I have in the past year. I don't buy bread at my house. I like bread, but I don't buy it. It's not like I really eat it. We don't get it with as many meals here. In there, it's just like a staple. So the cuisine was a difficult part for me because – I don't love a lot of it, but I tried a lot of stuff. You know, I had duck, I had veal, I had lamb. I had all my favorite meals in France were like non-traditional French meals. They were like Indian meals or Thai meals or like kebabs. So I had some chicken tikka masala. I had some Thai beef. I had a kebab baguette. I had um, a lot of mashed potatoes, a lot of green beans. Um, And I had some fish. I don't really eat fish at home. Like I, I wouldn't say I hate fish, but it's just not something I ever voluntarily like eat unless it comes in like my blue apron meal or something but I had fish so yeah so I mean I think some people were really upset and like annoyed that I said that I didn't care for the food but I just want to let you know that it's not like I haven't grown up around it I just don't like it it doesn't make a difference if I'm there from here it's stuff that I don't eat here anyways I think I would really like it if I traveled somewhere you know like more in the Middle East or something I think I would really dig Moroccan food or I don't know it's probably not safe to go to Turkey these days, but, like, I go crazy for all, like, the Indian and uh, Middle Eastern street food, like the kebabs and stuff. I love Greek food. Just not the biggest fan of French food, so sorry if I'm offending anybody, but that's just how it is. <laughs> so we spent a couple of days at his house, and then we did some day trips from there because they live near the Loire River Valley, and that's spelled L-O-I-R-E. Like I said, my pronunciations are not going to be very good. But in that river valley, 
there's a ton of chateaus that were built like between like the you know 12th and 16th centuries so we i can't even remember all the chateaus we went to because chateaus there are like so casual like you just like there's just chateaus all the time everywhere like you can see them from the road you can pull up to them they're massive castles and there's just like daily life happening around them there's just a ton of chateaus like it's no big deal and so we went to the palace of versailles which was not a chateau that's like a straight up palace and very famous because marie antoinette lived there and all that good stuff but we went to a ton of little chateaus and i say little in that's a generous term because they're still massive and those are very interesting we couldn't tour all of them france is weird about like hours for things that's part of that's probably my biggest frustration with europe in general it was worse in rome than in france but a lot of things just like shut down in the middle of the day because that's just how culture is there like everyone like shuts their stores or their restaurants at like two o'clock and then they don't reopen until like seven and so if you're sightseeing and doing things and you're hungry it's like impossible to find food because everything's just closed and in rome i remember it was worse because it's like a siesta time i hear it's the same thing in spain and legit, like, the whole town just, like, shuts down for, like, five hours. Like, supermarkets, everything is just gone. Like, the metro, you know, people will be like, oh, the train's running an hour late, and then you'll wait an hour, and then it gets there, and then they're like, okay, we're closing. <laughs> so I'm a very frustrated person in that sense because I'm a pretty fast-paced individual in America, and that's just an American trait, I think, is that we are just always doing things. We're busy. We work a lot. We we do stuff all day long, and we eat fast, and it's all on the go, and that is the complete opposite in Europe. And like I said, France is a little bit better about it than Rome, but even still, I was so frustrated because I like to eat. Like, every, like, five hours, I'm trying to eat. And then I'd be frustrated because, like, something would be closed at, like, 2.30, and we just, like, walked 10 miles on cobblestone, and I'm starving, and I don't like the food anyways. And so I was pretty irritated in that respect a lot, but um, that's obviously something that's, like, a personal problem. <laughs> but so a lot of the chateaus, what I was getting at, would be closed, you know, closing at 5 o'clock. Well, if you drive all day and you, you know... You get to a place and you want to tour for an hour, then you have to drive another hour, then you have to eat, and that's like a two-hour process. Then you drive another hour, then you get there, and it's closed. You're like, well, what the heck? So, And it doesn't get dark there till like 11 p.m. Like the sun sets at 10.30 p.m. So it's just very strange because everything is just, I felt like, closed all the time. Um, but we toured a ton of chateaus. The gardens at this one called Villendry were amazing. I posted all this stuff in my Instagram stories. I made a France trip highlight, and I'm going to be doing a blog post recap, but I just can't even touch that right now because I'm so overwhelmed with all the photos I took. I just need to take five seconds to um, deal with that, and eventually I'll have a blog post. But for now, you can go watch my French highlight, my France highlight on my Instagram stories. But Villendry was my favorite chateau the inside was not my favorite but like the gardens the surrounding gardens were incredible they were like what you see in movies with like the you know labyrinth maze bushes and everything was perfectly manicured and and everything and something I failed to mention was that this is like the hottest summer they like ever had in France or something my mom said that when they used to go visit France in the summer when they were kids like if it got to like 70 degrees like you know their great aunts and uncles were like oh my gosh it's so hot and none of these places have AC because they've never needed it well, it got up to like 109 degrees one day when we were there. And so you're touring these chateaus and they were literally built like in the 1500s. There's no air. They're just opening all the windows. So it's like hot as shit. And there's like flies and it's just like things are starting to smell. And people there, it's like not a cultural thing to wear deodorant. And so it was very, um, it was very rough. And I, I just, I know that makes me sound like prissy or something, but it's, it's more um, of an ordeal than you can imagine. I promise. So to see the manicured gardens that are still green and thriving and beautiful 
when it's like literally 109 degrees is pretty impressive because everything else was dead. Like my great uncle was saying that all the crops nearby farmers were having a tough time doing everything because everything was just like completely, you know, dried up and they would like fires were being started in the, you know, the fields because machinery and stuff and it was just too hot. And so there's all these crop fires and it's rough. And so at his house, especially in the middle of the country, nowhere, there's no air conditioning. So we're sleeping with the windows open. So all the bugs are coming in and it's just like really, 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 really hot. And it's just, I don't know. I prefer having air conditioning. I didn't think I was that much of a princess, but once you travel abroad and you're stuck in a crowd of people who smell terrible <laughs> with no air conditioning, it, it will uh, scar you for life. So um, that was also just a very difficult part. But then it was just like 67 degrees like two days later. So it's very all over the place right now. It's just been one of their hot, you know, crazy summers. And it's like a safety issue there because so many people don't have air conditioning. And so businesses were just shutting down because they didn't know what to do. All the news that we saw on the TV at the hotels and stuff, you know, everyone was like, stay inside, don't do anything. Like, it's like a huge deal there. And I'm like, well, I'm used to heat, but I'm also used to having heat, but being able to have relief when you go inside with air conditioning. And it just doesn't exist there. So it's like a selling point for hotels and restaurants to put on their windows. Like, this, we have air conditioning because it's kind of rare. And so we had to make sure that the hotels we got had air conditioning because it's just, like, non-negotiable. Like, it's just way too hot. Um, so then we spent some days in Paris when we first got there. I'm going all over the place. This is not chronological, but we, we flew out of Houston to Paris, stayed in Paris for like three or four days, and then went to the country to stay for like five days, and then went on some road trips kind of between there and Paris to see the chateaus on the way. So we would stay at different hotels, do different day trips, and then we ended in Paris for like two days. Yeah, Paris is great. I mean, it's like any other giant city it's just overwhelming and there's just so much architecture and everything's just so old that you get desensitized and that's how I felt when I was in Rome because we were studying art history and photography we went to like I think I counted and it was something like 30 something churches in a four-week period and I saw the Vatican and not to sound like ungrateful but once you see the Vatican you're kind of like there's nothing else that's going to be as big or cool (laughs) so any cathedral I went into, I'm just you're just desensitized because things are so old that you can't even wrap your head around it. So it just becomes like normal. And it's very strange because then everything that you walk by, you're just like, this is old. <laughs> it's from the 1100s. No big deal. And so it's uh, it's overwhelming and overstimulating. So we saw all kinds of stuff. I had been to Paris. So that trip I took six years ago, when we went to Paris, we were only there for like a day and it rained. So I saw some things then, but this was kind of a more in-depth trip where I got to like really take more pictures walk around take the metro do all that and so we saw you know the Eiffel Tower of course we went to the Arc de Triomphe we climbed to the top of it um we went to a couple cathedrals one Saint-Chapelle is beautiful it's like all stained glass on the inside like I said this is all on my Instagram story I tried to video as many things as I could without being annoying but I really wanted to show other people who maybe haven't traveled abroad what stuff looks like we went to see where Napoleon Bonaparte was buried it's like an old church that is now just a burial site. Um, we went to the Rodin Museum. He's a sculptor. We went to the Musée d'Orsay for a little bit. It was hella crowded. I got really irritated there because I was starving, and it's just too many people, and it was just it's hard to see stuff when there's just so many people. So we only were there for a little bit. We went to the Pompidou, which is like the modern art museum. So my mom and my aunt were not really huge fans of that, but I had more fun looking at the contemporary and modern artwork there because... Like I said, Renaissance stuff and old stuff is very interesting and compelling, but 
after a certain point, you're just like, you can't even grasp the concept of how old it is. So I'm a little bit more interested in like the aesthetic anyways of, you know, contemporary artists. And so that was cool. And also that building's just very cool. I think it's pretty controversial because it's a giant modern, like colorful building that was built in the seventies. And it's like smack dab in the middle of all this Renaissance stuff. And so a lot of people really think it's like ugly or it's, you know, in the middle of all the history, but it's kind of the same thing about the big pyramid that's in front of the Louvre. Like, I am interested in the juxtaposition of modern architecture and old architecture together, but a lot of people, with my mom and my aunt included, and I know my mom listens to this, so I'm talking to you, don't care for that. You know, they think that it's ruining the, you know, the history and the architecture and stuff, but I think it's interesting. So we also did go to the Louvre, but we didn't go inside, because from what I hear, it takes like, I mean, you can't, I'm pretty sure there's like a statistic, you can't see everything in there in your whole lifetime like there's a statistic about how long you could spend at each piece of artwork and how you'd still never make it through so it would be like a day kill it would just like completely take over an entire day which if you're interested in that is fine but it's just such a tourist attraction it's so busy because the mona lisa and everything else important is there i don't i don't want to say i have like social anxiety because i don't want to like self-diagnose something that someone might actually have but i definitely get frustrated and irritable in giant crowds like that like I get so annoyed um with because other cultures don't have the same sort of spatial awareness that like Americans are used to and so it's kind of difficult to um move around in situations like that when there's just like hordes of people and like in tour groups so we didn't go inside but we went to the the front and I took some pictures in front of the big pyramid and every so my taste in movies is about the same as my taste in food I have kind of a, a low bar of standards people have told me so do not take my advice on movies or food. But my one of my favorite movies is The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons, those two together because I read the books and all that. And a lot of Angels and Demons and The Da Vinci Code have to do with, you know, being in Rome and Paris. And so I am kind of nerdy about, like, all the places, like, in the books and the movies. And so The Big Pyramid at the Louvre is, like, a major part of one of those movies. I always get them mixed up. I think it's Angels and Demons that's in Rome and The Da Vinci Code that's in France. Um, so we just, you know, kind of looked around outside and saw that. We saw the Luxembourg Gardens. Um, they didn't really blow my mind. It was just so hot. I think everything was dead. <laughs> so it was just, like, a lot of, you know, grass, which we have here. So I wasn't blown away by that in terms – or, like, in um, compared to the gardens at the Chateau Villandry. Those were beautiful. And, like, Versailles Gardens were amazing, too. Um, but we walked around, we saw some cathedrals I can't even name right now because they're just like on every block, like it's no big deal. You just like pop in and they're just all massive. Oh, Notre Dame. So, you know, it was just on fire a couple of months ago. It's completely closed off to the public right now. And it's really sad because it's a huge center of like tourism there and for the community. And so it has these giant gates and barbed wire fences all around it right now. You can't even really get close and you can see all the damage and how they're reconstructing parts of it. So um, that was kind of interesting to walk by just because that fire had literally just happened about three months ago. And we went on a riverboat kind of cruise. I say cruise lightly. It's like a boat tour um, down the Seine River, which is, you know, the main river through Paris that goes under all the famous bridges and stuff. And you can see everything pretty much from it. So we did that. And you can see the Musée d'Orsay and the Eiffel Tower and and, uh, the Louvre and all that from the riverboat. We just, I mean, basically took the metro and walked everywhere. Uh, something very interesting that happened was at the Arc de Triomphe, it's like in the middle of the city. It's like the actual hub of the city because the Champs-Élysées is like the famous street that leads up to it. And it's where all like the high roller, like, you know, designer shops and stuff are. 
and it's a huge center for like the metro stop there is huge because it connects all these different uh, other stops and stuff i probably sound delirious i think i'm still jet lagged so just bear with me um but we had just finished touring the arch and we came down and we saw all these police officers with their giant like machine guns just you know everywhere and it was kind of sketchy because you know there's some stuff that goes down in france with isis and things and so um, actually the last time my mom, one of the last times my mom and my aunt went to France, like a priest would be, was beheaded at like the altar of a church they had just seen. And my, when my brother studied abroad there, it was the summer that all like the terrorist attacks were happening in Paris and, and that like truck, you know, like plowed into the crowd in Nice, France. He was in France at the same time that was all happening. And so anyways, we got down from the arch and I was like, this is kind of sketchy. There's lots of police everywhere. Should we be worried? Like, do we need to get away from this area? Cause area, cause it's like the center of town. It's like a big monument and there were police cars everywhere and just, but all the cops were chilling. Like they all had guns and they were just like, they didn't look like they were worried about anything. Um, and we finally were trying to get on the Metro and they were like, Oh no, the Metro is closed. And we're like, well, what do you mean? Like we have to get back to our hotel on the other side of town. And they were like, oh, it's, for, it's closed for, like, the football match, the soccer match. And so we're like, oh, cool, who's France playing? And, you know, where's the stadium? That's cool. Because I was thinking it's, like, LSU Contraflow. Like, they have to, like, shut down the metro because people are everywhere. And they were like, oh, no, it's um, the Africa Cup. It's, like, between Algeria and Egypt, and it's being played in Cairo. And I was like, well, what the heck are you closing the metro in Paris for when it's a soccer game in another country? And we got home after, like, walking for hours and finding a metro station that was open really far away, getting back to our hotel at, like, 1 a.m. I Googled it, and apparently the day that we had flown into France, there were, like, these huge riots at the Champs-Élysées area from, like, a lot of the Algerian citizens that live in France because there's a huge population of, like, African, you know, citizens that live in France and stuff. And I guess Algeria won their soccer match that day but because they won there were riots because they were so excited i don't really understand and like apparently some woman was like run over with a car and then they were like hijacking the buses and like all these like stores got looted so the day that we were at the arch i thought it was weird because like the cartier store and like the footlocker and all these like places on the champs Elysees, they all had like their big like gated windows like pulled down like they weren't even open in the middle of the day and I just thought you know like this is France it's weird everything's closed all the time <laughs> like whatever but apparently it's because that area was like a huge center for riots like a couple of days before because of a soccer match and so they had to take precautions to close it again even though the soccer match wasn't even in France or had anything to do with France so I thought that was insane and so that's why all the cops were everywhere just trying to make sure nothing broke out I guess and why all the stores were closed because they didn't want to get their windows broken and their stuff stolen um so that was interesting so we walked a lot that day. Um, and then, so at the end of the trip, you know, in Paris, the last day, it was kind of rainy. And so we went to the the opera house where all the famous operas and ballets have been played. And um, it's called like the Palais Garnier. And it's across the street from this place called Galleries Lafayette, which is like a huge ornate building that has always just been a shopping center, apparently. And it's like all the designer shops, you know, like Dior, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all that. And it's like, a six floor building with like stained glass ceiling. It's like a dome. I think it was built in the twenties. It's not as old as everything else. Um, but I have all that in my stories too. And that was cool. So I shopped around a little bit. I bought like a scarf for like 29 euros cause I'm such a high roller. And then we had, <laughs> I had a uh, pad thai in the galleries Lafayette. And so that was good because it wasn't French. <laughs> This has kind of been longer than I wanted it to be. It's like a 30-minute ramble, but just so next time someone asks me, how is France? What'd you do? I can be like, how about you just go listen to this podcast so I can just like explain it all in one time, in one fell swoop. 
but overall it was a good trip i mean minus the funeral part and you know i it makes you realize stuff when you travel abroad it just things that you don't even think are a big deal at home that you take for granted like for instance like showers like when you go over there like all just the shower heads work differently and things like the faucets work differently and just it makes you frustrated because it's not the same as you know what you're used to or like the cuisine or you know how you have to walk everywhere if something's shut down it's just interesting when you travel abroad all the things that you notice that you don't really think about when you're back home um but i will say even though america has all its issues that you know that it has i am grateful to live here because i just am comfortable with everything that's here because i've grown up here my whole life so i'm happy to travel but i'm always really happy to come home too so with that being said that was the france trip i also just wanted to kind of bring up um summertime again because i always talk about how i hate the summertime i get so bored in the summertime i think it stems from you know as a kid i loved school and every summer i'd be so bored because we we just had nothing to do you know and you had to make your own fun and i think it's always just kind of been ingrained in me that summer is boring i like having tasks i like being busy i like in in this day and age when i'm hired for things like i like to have work to do and in the summer I just don't get hired that much because as a photographer I'm very seasonal things are just hot in the summer there's less going on people are vacationing there's not as much money to be spent and it's just a really boring creatively like blah time for me and so going on this trip was cool because it was something to do and you know I got to see lots of stuff and and get inspired and take pictures just for fun and not have to worry about it but I always talk about on this podcast how I've, you know, been posting on Instagram every day for like four years. I've never missed a day, whatever. A couple of weeks ago, I missed a day and I know no one noticed but me, but it was so like relieving in a way because I was like, oh, now that I broke the seal, I don't have to worry about posting every day anymore. I can just like, you know, like because I, I, I was only trying to prove something to myself and put pressure on myself by being consistent with, oh, every week I send out a newsletter. Every Monday I send out a podcast. Every day I post on Instagram. Like I was just doing it too much. And we talk about burnout a lot on this podcast. And it sucks when I'm talking to someone about preventing burnout and trying to get creative and hoping to inspire other people listening to this podcast about it. But then I'm going through it myself. Like I am 100 percent burned out right now and I'm not ashamed to say it because it happens every summer but it really you know took missing a day of posting on Instagram something as stupid as that to make me really realize that like the world is not going to stop turning if I don't get a podcast out if I don't do whatever because at the end of the day I'm like I don't know who's really caring about any of this besides me so there's you know I think pride in having self-discipline but it's also a fine line between having self-discipline and like pressuring yourself to do stuff that for no reason for other people and so it kind of made me go off the deep end a little bit since then because I'm like well fine I'm just not going to release anything and no one's going to care it's gonna be fine I don't have to do anything and so I've been kind of behind on my emails and I've just been feeling like you know sorry for myself because I'm like man like I don't feel like doing anything especially now that I'm back from France because it's like you go do something like that and you come back to Baton Rouge and you're like uh there ain't nothing going on (laughs) so I just wanted to apologize for anyone who does care and does keep up and was wondering what was going on. But I promise I'll be back on track soon, hopefully. I'm also really hoping to, like, tone it down with, like, all the food I'm eating and stuff because I just have been sitting around doing nothing, eating everything, feeling blah, you know, watching TV and just feeling lame. So hopefully I can get everything back in in gear. So I do have a couple episodes already recorded that need to be released that, you know, had happened 
uh, a month ago or so. So I will be getting those out soon. And I do have some more interviews coming up. So this podcast isn't going anywhere for now, but I just wanted to, you know, clear the air about it being like kind (laughs) of all of a sudden there was just nothing that came out for three weeks. So that's that. This is kind of one of those mini-sodes. I keep saying I'll do more of these and then I never do. So hopefully I really do soon. But hope you are enjoying your summer, even though I am not. And let me know if you like these mini-sodes and I'll keep doing them. Adios. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for listening to Do What You Want Radio. As always, you can find all the tools and links that are referenced in this week's episode at dowhatyouwantradio.com in the show notes. If listening to this podcast has brought you any value at all, please take a moment to go subscribe, rate, and review Do What You Want Radio so that I can continue to reach creatives just like you and me. Doing this podcast is a lot of fun, but it takes a lot of work as well, and I do it all by myself. So I really appreciate those of you who keep listening week after week. You've already dedicated a lot of your time to listening to my voice, talking too fast probably, but if you're not tired of me yet, you can keep up with me, my photography work, and the creative services, products, and workshops I offer at jordanheffler.com and at jordanheffler on Instagram. If you want to be hardcore informed, subscribe to my weekly newsletter to get a free branding worksheet, as well as weekly tips and promotional offers for my digital products and merchandise like Lightroom presets, Instagram overlays, t-shirts, hats, and everything else you didn't know you needed. You can sign up at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Thanks again for tuning in to Do What You Want Radio. I just want to let you know that you're probably doing a great job and you probably deserve a beer. So go get one. See you next week.